podcast today. I wanted to talk about uh, shoulder routines. Uh, a lot of players have routines that they go through uh, to warm up and to recover. Uh, one thing I want to get across before I dive into a lot of the different methods, uh, having good rotator cuff stability and good scapular mobility and just in general being strong in the upper back region is probably the most important factor to having a healthy shoulder. It's not just about going through the band work and the routine and all that. It's about being both mobile and strong. And if you're not strong in the first place, if you're not rowing uh, heavy in your strength training routines and not going through large ranges of motion in your pressing movements as well as in your rowing movements, I think you're setting yourself up to get hurt no matter what your uh, routine is for warm-up or recovery. So certainly I'd like to touch on scapular mobility movements to start. Uh, after a general warm-up, you know, like a full-body warm-up that everyone should be going through before they throw, um, I highly recommend uh, going through band work in different ranges of motion. Uh, typically a straight protraction and retraction which can be done with J-bands through uh, T's or pull-aparts or flies, whatever you want to call them, uh, or, or, or you can even go with a regular small uh, band. Uh, going through pull-apart exercises and band no-monies, those are extremely beneficial, um, as well as overhead reaches with the bands or diagonal pull-aparts, whatever you want to call them training the scaps to go through protraction and retraction and upward rotation and just training it to move uh, the scap must drive the movement wherever the hand goes Uh, so the the shoulder blade gliding along the rib cage uh, is extremely important typically I'll have athletes uh, go through maybe 20 to 30 reps in each direction again this is not a super heavy exercise. This is more a mobility-based exercise, training the movement. And once you get good at that, you can begin to add more resistance with the bands or whatever you're doing. And then, of course, training scapular mobility through other movements like the prone trap raise and the blackburn press. These lightweight exercises are extremely beneficial, and I highly recommend them not only in in your warm-up routine, but in a weight training setting as well. Uh, These work uh, really well when pairing them up with uh, heavy presses or even heavy rows, training the shoulder blades and driving home the movement that needs to happen in order to have a healthy shoulder. Um, Again, scapular mobility is extremely crucial for maintaining uh, a good position of the glenohumeral joint. As that scap moves wherever the hand goes, it helps keep that ball and socket in a nice, uh, in a strong position. Um, and if your scap is not moving as much, which will often happen with baseball players towards the ends of their season, um, you know, when throwing volume has increased to you know, astronomical amounts and, and just the, the general wear and tear of the season has taken its toll on the shoulder, uh, scap mobility is is usually diminished, and uh, that's when the 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 humerus starts to ride 
uh, out of that ball and socket joint or that glenoid fossa and and you don't want that you want to make sure that you are maintaining mobility of the scaps to keep that gh joint in a really strong uh, safe position when throwing and what will happen a lot of times with baseball players is as they lose that scapular mobility the rotator cuff begins to take on um, a lot more of the the brunt of the force that it should not be taking on in a throw and that's when rotator cuff injuries can become more uh, like prevalent and regardless you want to make sure that your rotator cuff is stable and can be trained to stabilize the shoulder when it is needed um, and these rotator cuff stability exercises can look a little funny sometimes uh, if you've ever seen the rhythmic stabilization um, you know from a, a, a PT a physical therapist uh, you know tapping around an athlete's hand when it's in different ranges of motion and or the uh, the shoulder tube is another one it looks like a long wiggly stick where the athlete will be punching the shoulder tube, essentially going through different ranges of motion. Trevor Bauer is really well known for using the shoulder tube. And I like both of those a lot for rotator cuff stability, but I've also been experimenting with a few other methods. Um, if you don't have a shoulder tube, you can take a heavy plyo ball, something that weighs a, like a pound or two, and it, you put it above above your head and it basically going through a rhythmic uh, motion punching back and forth or going through a small circle uh, the, the, those those help with training the rotator cuff to fire when it is in a somewhat difficult overhead position um, another one that I've been using recently that I, I seem to like so far um, but I haven't heard back any good feedback yet from anybody that really, really understands throwing. Is uh, it's it's like a wall knocking drill. If you imagine you have a heavy plyo ball in your hand, and imagine imagine uh, knocking on a door with that plyo ball, or or even in an overhead position hammering a nail um, in fast short burst uh, movements uh, into the wall. I I do like that exercise to an extent um, but again I, I just started doing it so I'm not really sure as to the uh, overall effects of it um, without any sort of movement you can still train uh, shoulder stability though uh, exercises like the waiter walks are really nice I like going through three different ranges uh, three different you know basically holding the dumbbell up above your head or the kettlebell whatever you have holding the weight in three different spots. I like going uh, in an L position with the elbow um, out and in front and as well as up overhead. Uh, those three different waiter walks are really, really good for, for training uh, shoulder stability. Um, now granted, that's not an exercise that I would recommend for everybody. Uh, there, there has to be adequate amount of strength to begin with. And if you don't have that, um, you're, you're really risking doing sort of a, a half-assed uh, waiter walk, and that's, that's not what you're looking for here. You're looking for a really strong, stable position and training that strong, stable position. Um, some athletes will not have uh, the, the strength or the 
just in general the stability to do the movement in the first place. What I recommend with those athletes is instead of taking a 20-pound dumbbell or kettlebell like most overhead athletes would be able to do, I recommend taking a super lightweight or even getting into a that position and isometrically holding against uh, a, a partner. So manual resistance in, in that same position can be really, really beneficial for somebody who might not have the, the, the stability to start that movement properly. The next part of a shoulder routine that I highly recommend is deceleration work. Uh, think about the throw in the, in the two phases of it. The acceleration phase is very important as well as the deceleration phase. You can't uh, throw what you can't slow down and, and decelerate efficiently and, and having the ability to take on the, the force of that throw um, allows you to throw harder essentially and, and it also I think it, it helps with maintaining uh, just overall health of the shoulder. Um, so the two different deceleration drills that I really like are the reverse throw uh, where you, you're kneeling on the ground and you reverse uh, throw essentially into a wall. Usually that'll be done with the one or two pound plyo balls. Um, I don't recommend going much lighter than that because you want to train the shoulder to be strong through the speed of that movement. Um, and the other uh, exercises that I recommend are with the wrist weights. Uh, going through the, the various exercises I've learned from driveline are the, uh, the swing and pronate. Um, pronating up at the top of a straight arm swing. Uh, a double overhead throw with uh, a, a excessive pronation. Uh, during the, the throwing portion at, at the release portion where you would re be releasing a ball um, both hands reaching way back and then throwing out front of the head and, and pronating at that throw and then of course uh, you, you would have uh, a pivot pickoff motion with uh, excessive pronation as well um, that extra pronation makes sure that you are obviously pronating at the end of the throw, but that pronation helps enhance the deceleration aspects of the throw. Um, a lot of times it's easier to do it with a lighter ball, whereas it's, it's a little bit more difficult to do with the wrist weights on. The wrist weights, I believe they weigh about 10 to 12 pounds from driveline. So um, I, I highly recommend those two movements to train the deceleration pattern, as well as just getting stronger through the de deceleration phase. The last part of my routine will usually be in the recovery portion, and it's the uh, external rotation pails and rails of the shoulder. So what I will usually do is I will have uh, like a tether or, or a band, usually a pretty thick band, uh, placed behind my head, and I will get into an externally rotated position similar to the same end range external rotation that you get into with throwing. Obviously, it won't be as extreme. I don't recommend getting into or trying to crank into a really full external rotated position that you'll get in with throwing, but somewhere close to that position and holding that position isometrically has helped out my shoulder and elbow quite a bit. Um, now, with pails and rails, what you want to make sure you're doing is you're not just cranking into a super super big stretch 
you're you're slowly ramping up intensity. Um, I typically don't recommend going at a hundred percent intensity either with the isometric contraction. So what it'll look like is you get into that big stretch and then you slowly start to ramp up intensity of an isometric contraction while you're still in that stretched position. So I'm externally rotated and I ramp up intensity, maybe 40, 50% to start, and then I crank it up maybe to 80, maybe 90. Um, and, and then I will, after about 10 to 12 seconds, I will uh, then allow myself to go backwards more into external rotation and and feeling more of a stretch in that portion of the movement and that's helped greatly i think it's helped a little bit with the mobility aspect which i lack quite a bit of in throwing um it's come on get going get in there jeez people this morning don't know how to drive but neither do I. So I have noticed enhancement in, in the mobility uh, aspect of throwing. Just in videos that I've seen, my I'm able to reach a little bit further back, it seems, when I'm throwing, as well as get into a little bit more uh, of a layback position as my arm is starting to accelerate forward. And uh, that's huge for throwing. If, if you don't have much layback in your throw you're probably not going to throw very hard. It's the one common denominator of all uh, guys who throw gas. It's uh, having that ability to lay the shoulder um, and, and lay the, the arm you know, in that, that externally rotated position you know, as you're, you're trying to propel that ball to go forward. Uh, and as well as just general health of the elbow and shoulder, you know, when I first started doing this movement, I really thought that this could be risky on my elbow. I, I felt like a big stretch along the UCL portion, and it did not feel necessarily good, but I also made sure that I wasn't cranking too much into a stretch so much as trying to hold it in a position that felt uncomfortable, and getting stronger there, after a couple weeks of doing that, my elbow pain is really, really diminished quite a bit. And I threw the other day, I hit 87.2 on a pull down, which is a, a PR since January, uh, since I started this velocity program. And my elbow feels great. You know, I, I always have a little bit of a, a like a general soreness in my, uh, my shoulder, biceps, triceps, whatever, but there wasn't any real pain located in the UCL or anywhere towards the, the labrum portion of the shoulder. So I do think there's something there with pails and rails. You don't have to go in an externally rotated position. I understand that there are a lot of baseball players who have much looser shoulders than I do, much less stability in the shoulders. I am on the opposite end of the spectrum where I am very big and stiff, and, and that's what limits me as, as a thrower. Um, so I, I want to get that across that you don't have to go through external rotation to, to do pails and rails good for your shoulder. Find a range of motion that works for you. Some, some might feel that a pec doorway stretch 
where you go through pales and rails of the movement may be very beneficial. Whatever it may be, I, I highly recommend something along those lines to try and get more end range uh, stability uh, for those throwing movements. Lastly, I would like to point out the that a recovery routine really doesn't have to be that much different than a warm-up routine. Um, I would recommend, obviously, on a warm-up routine, you're probably going to be throwing plyo balls a lot more. Um, certainly, it, it, exercises like the pivot pickoffs and the rocker drills and roll-ins and, and all that sort of thing really leads into uh, throwing a baseball really, really well. I wouldn't necessarily recommend that on a recovery day. Some players might want to do some throwing on a recovery day, and you can certainly do a lot of those those same uh, plyo ball throwing movements um, in your recovery routine, no doubt about it. But um, I would recommend more so the, the, the forward throwing on a warm-up routine Whereas you can probably do a lot more reverse throws in a recovery routine and, and kind of skip out on some of the forward throws. A lot of times I think people, people think that you have to throw every day or you have to throw more often to get uh, more out of your arm. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think you have to throw more at a high intent and then shut down forward throwing when it's time to shut it down. It's like anywhere else in your body. If you overdo it, you're not going to get the same sort of gains and returns that you would be getting if you were doing just enough. I think for every body, there's an optimal amount of throwing. I know for Trevor Bauer or somebody like that from, from Driveline, for instance, Trevor Bauer, they've talked about how he needs to throw a lot in order to maintain and increase velocity at all. Whereas I feel like somebody like me if I throw more, I don't get the same sort of returns. Um, you have to find what works for you, and certainly if you're feeling any sort of pain or discomfort when throwing, then stop throwing, like throwing forward, I mean. There's probably a lot of other exercises that you need to be doing in order to enhance your shoulder health, and, and if you're simply relying on forward throws to increase velocity, I think you're sorely mistaken. Um, you're, you're setting yourself up for either injury or at the very least, you're not going to throw harder. You, you have to do a lot of other work uh, that I've talked about in this podcast in order to get the most out of your, your velocity and your shoulder health. Um, but understand that your recovery routine should probably deal a lot more on the stability side of things while using you know some band exercises and, and some shoulder uh, mobility exercises to, to maintain scap mobility. Whereas I look at the warm-up routine as, as an opportunity to enhance your mobility while doing just enough rotator cuff stability to get your shoulder ready to, to, to go and um, you know, the, the thing with stability work is it can it can really kick your ass a little bit. Like it's tough on the shoulder doing a full shoulder tube routine. Um, obviously, you have to build up sort of a tolerance to and, and, a, and a work capacity to use the shoulder tube the way that Trevor Bauer does. Uh, he does a very very uh, long big league routine. Uh, whereas kids who first do it, you know, they will find that they get really sore really quick. So I wouldn't recommend doing that 
a whole lot before you throw until you build up the work capacity to do so. And with the waiter walks, I certainly recommend that in more of a recovery routine. Um, that's a perfect exercise that shows uh, a, the, 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 the need for strength and stability in the shoulder, but that's not necessarily needed before you throw and, and, and are trying to throw for the radar gun or something like that. So understand what what is needed in the warm-up and in the recovery routine to make sure that you're getting the most out of those exercises. But I would never, or I wouldn't be able to tell you exactly what's going to work for you. You're going to have to figure out a routine that works for you. Um, and if you can't figure out a routine that's going to work exactly for you, you can pick and choose exercises that you see from driveline or maybe things that I've mentioned in here and and see if it works for you. And if it doesn't, then you throw it out. And if it's working for you, then you keep going with it. You have to find an intensity and a rep scheme that's going to work for you as well. I can't recommend exactly uh, a rep number for you. You're going to have to find something uh, that works with your work capacity and your current shoulder situation um, to, to get the most out of it. But that's it for this podcast. Uh, stick with your routine. Um, don't be afraid to switch things up and, and make sure that you are doing something that trains all the different areas that I mentioned in this podcast to get the most out of your shoulder health. Thanks.